time to celebrate the end of the quarter. Hello, esteemed board of directors. We are here to present episode 129 of CMD Tower's project called Margins and Profits. Quick introductions. I am the project lead on the margins side, Mr. Comet number five. And the project lead on the profit side is Big Tuck. Hello, Big Tuck. How are you? I'm quite well. Uh, I will say it's always a pleasure to see everyone. Donald, uh, that weight loss surgery that you put, you can really tell the difference. And uh, I understand Mike cannot be here today uh, due to his catastrophic appendix failure. So we're all going to be missing him. Uh, I uh, This week was very, uh, was very jam-packed for me. Um, I got to get my extracurriculars in, as we all know. Uh, due to the overwhelming stress of working here at CMD Tower Core, my blood pressure and uh, heart is clogged with many of the steaks and red wines that I've had to wine and dine our various guests and out-of-town partnerships with. So in that regard, I did get to go out and jog in the cool Charlotte air twice this week, which led to a very sore and very difficult personal training session this morning at the Country Club. Uh, Mr. Combo, how are things over on the margin side? Oh, well, you know, margins, it's, it's rough. Uh, you know, we're all being asked to do, uh, asked to do more while having less. Indeed. Uh, we're, 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 we're trying to be profitable. Um, and to do that, you have to have high margins. And so, you know, yeah. a lot of this week, uh, I got to, uh, do the CMD tower stream, uh, right. which was yes. Our pro the new prototype uh, project. Yes. Yes, it is the new prototype project, uh, and I will say, Tuck, uh, kudos to you for doing a little improvement e each each episode. Uh, the I was able to once I was eliminated, hop over to the Twitch stream and listen via that, and the the background music was quite choice. Thank you, uh, and kudos right back to you for sourcing that and giving it to me in that delicious file folder that I didn't have to access through the VPN, which is obviously for us suits is very difficult and far too hard to do <laughs> I know. And, so, and any sort of thing. <laughs> That's what the peons do below us. Well, before we dive into this presentation, any further um, board of directors, friends, family, we come to you on this day of our TED Talk to talk to you about our Patreon. Patreon.com slash CMD Tower. That is Charlie, Matt, Delta, Tim, Our. And on there, you will find pledge levels from a dollar to twenty-five dollars. Uh, the, these are not tax deductible, unfortunately, uh, but there are tangible goods and services that are provided with all the tiers. And we do get to write those off at the end of the year, do we not? I, I do believe so. Okay. Uh, a lot of our costs are our uh, direct cuts to our bottom line, and right. it does help us to maintain those margins. Now, so it, it, if you, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go right if ahead. you. If, if you do have spare income that you could invest into our uh, amazing company at CMD Tower, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. Uh, also, we I'm not sure if we're going to get to it, but we do have an update on the stocking room and its capacity, do we not? Redacted. Oh uh, yes, and I'm sorry. Course, I, I forgot. I forgot about the uh, government sanctions on us uh, for that for mentioning yes. that in a public forum. Now, if you are already a member of our amazing community, you should refer your colleagues to join as well. It's always great for professional growth. Very much like a LinkedIn course, just with more cardboard rectangles. 
and if any of them do join our amazing community, just message us or have them message us via the Patreon social dashboard and let us know and we'll send you something free as well. Yes, that is also a write-off for those executives. We are not giving away things straight for free. Um, this is definitely a uh, something that will we'll run up the chain, as it were. Yes, absolutely. Now, if you're thinking, well, my uh, cash flow is a little tight, so I cannot invest into this amazing, lucrative platform uh, that is your Patreon, but I would like to get my hands on one of those foil playmats or collector uh, products. Well, whenever that cash flow does become more liquid, you could head over to cmdtower.com slash merch. Uh, we do sell everything on there, including the holiday non-denominational Jund sweater. And of course, we are still running the promo. If you buy a sweater, you get a free pack of sleeves because redacted bits. Yes, uh, we all know that the we all know that we decided to take a hit on the storage capacity at the corporate headquarters, and perhaps uh, looking at you, Ron, may have been a little short-sighted. And then, lastly, you have heard myself and other executives talk about our playtest cards because, as much as we would like to invest our liquid capital into a another copy of Smothering Tithe. We may already own four or five copies, and we can only afford a $4 liquid investment in a playtest version. Well, our partner, abyssproxyshop.com, with code CMDTOWER, that'll get you 10% off playtest cards that you have seen in other past presentations, like our trip to Kamigawa with Najila or Game of Thrones with Kenrith. Both highlights, I think, from from our perspective, right at the partner level. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, we, we really had we really thought those uh, got knocked out of the park. We had quite a great reception for those as well. So margins and profits is our business analytical analysis of Elder Dragon Highlander constructed decks in a simplified QBR format. We will aim to demonstrate today how running a business is similar to building an Elder Dragon Highlander deck. Our presentation will consist of four categories. Ramp and establishing your board state as a lot like learning and development or L&D. Absolutely, and as uh, as everyone knows here at CMD Tower Core, our employees are a top priority and we offer a strong L&D package to ensure their growth at CMD Tower Core. This includes both virtual and in-person meetings, along with top of the line webinars and guided training plans. Uh, these EDH decks, as they're referred to, always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into bigger threats. And just like our L&D path, they're usually a mix of original and outside-of-the-box choices. The next is how does your board, your hand, and your general state really interact with how your opponents have progressed the game to that point? We're correlating that to data analytics. And as we all know, our data gives us the best view into company-wide and individual performance, as well as helps us make the difficult choices of what departments and employees may, may need additional incentives and or removal for the betterment of the corporation. Our data verticals help define and establish ways to interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. Next is how does your deck close out and meet its accomplished goal or get that purchase order that usually results in a pizza party? And during these trying times, it's important to understand that the trials and tribulations that individuals go through in both their personal and professional lives, instead of investing in costly research around the rising cost of living and factors such as eliminating the quote-unquote pay gap, we instead to inspire corporate confidence the old-fashioned way with mid-tier pizza and the basis of topping options. 
With the without these options present in this deck, there'd be no way to push through to our quarterly full earning potentials. And then lastly, we do have strategies that guys, they may not perfectly align with our current fiscal year vision, but we still find value in pursuing that. We really relate that to year-end bonuses. And while most companies would certainly leave the bar very high in terms of a bonus with the combination of bread, red sauce, and or cheese, we here at CMD Tower Core do reserve the right to give exceptional employees small monetary rewards for excellent and over-the-top performances. As we all know, not every deck or presentation has them, but if they do, this is where we definitely talk about those strong uh, end-of-year uh, incentives. And then to close out our presentation, we do have a 30, 60, and 90 day action plan, which are recommendations to this specific Elder Dragon Highlander deck. Now, we do have budget constraints uh, due to the current climate of one card must be under $5, one card must be under $50, and then the final cardboard rectangle. We're going to tap into our uh, experimental budget and have no budget. Uh, it'll have no impact on this fiscal year. Uh, we're going to offload that into the future. The only restriction is we can't talk about mana-only lands. So without further ado, let's get into our quarterly business review. Today, we are tackling Hazazon Tamar's QBR. Big Tuck, why don't you read off who Hazazon Tamar is and why is this the focus of our QBR today? Yes, uh, as we know, Hazazon uh, Tamar has been uh, an interesting addition to my team uh, sent over by the Kansas City branch. Uh, but for those who don't remember, Hazazon Tamar is a 2-4 legendary creature human warrior that costs four colorless, red, green, and white. Uh, when he enters the battlefield on your... I'm going to read the original text for those who, um, who haven't updated it, if you will. When Hazazon entered the battlefield, uh, we would create X-1-1 sand warrior creature tokens that are red, green, and white onto the battlefield at the beginning of the next upkeep, where X is the number of land, or for those who don't know, resource pools that we control at the time. And then when he unfortunately leaves the battlefield or the company, he takes them all with it. He wrote it into his clause and his contract, and there's not a lot to do here. So um, we all know that Hazazon's been a valued member here at the CMD Tower Core, specifically in my division, filling in the Naya gap that we've tried to fill with multiple, multiple different people. Um, but unfortunately, it's I think it's time to bring up some hard facts. So there's three critical paths that we were hoping Hazazon, or Mr. Tamar, if you will, would fulfill in his duties as our Naya general. One, many ways to ramp out quickly. These are the resources that we generally talk about during the L&D, as he takes up quite a lot of bandwidth from his corner office. Two, keeping his own direct boards numerous and quickly replaced if they do act up or potentially get sniped from uh, our competitive uh, competitors. But we want these both in quantity and in a growing kind of north-facing way. And the third quadrant is when he does show up, he brings along enough presentations, future proof of concepts, and most importantly, bored and artery-clogging donuts that will make a large splash around the water cooler. It, when he comes to presentations, we're really hoping he's going to be bringing the juice and hopefully end them very quickly. So suffice to say, once he does get on one of his famous long-winded roles, he does have great numbers. However, we've noticed that traditionally in the first one to three quarters, his performance could see some improvements. He gets uh, a lot of people like to snipe, snipe him at different company meetings and that sort of things. So perhaps we can adjust his workload to really get some outside-the-box paradigm-shifting in the Naya quadrant here. So Mr. Combo, um, I know you, this is one of your referrals 
to my department along with a few other people. And I know we've talked about him many times in the past. How have you thought, as someone who's helped us rebuild this sector into how have you feel this looks on paper today? So on paper today, um, Hazazon and the team he's assembled uh, under your guys and leadership, of course, uh, he's got a little top heavy. Um, he's he's a he's a little slow to run out. Uh, it seems like you have a lot of top end executives and not a lot of engineering or CSAT uh, foundation in the account. So I really see Hazazon needing to restructure his organization to where the org can really survive on its own. And then Hazazon comes in to deliver, you know, the big pitch, the big TED talk. Sure. Um, and, and that's really the only time Hazazon should be coming out. He's like the over-elusive CEO. They speak at Ooh. big conventions, but that's about the only time you ever hear from them. But when they do speak, sure. they make a big impact. Indeed. Uh, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, he's been he's been one uh, employee that I probably should have been keeping a little bit of a closer eye on. But if we go through some of his numbers, they are pretty surprising. Um, starting at first, the way that he's diversified his portfolio between the green, the red, and the white. Oh, okay. Seems not too close or not too far off the mark. The green is dead on, which is shocking. Yes. It looks like we might need a little bit of adjustment between the red and the white, though. But the question I would have to yourself as his uh, direct supervisor, I mean, have you seen Hazazon struggle with getting those red, or sorry, getting those white resources out, considering you have not enough white mana from a color pie perspective. Um, I would say I've only I've only directly piloted helped I've only directly helped pilot a few of his major presentations and major impacts, and so far that has not been an issue. Um, I think that we do run quite a few of multi cross-platform resources in the land section that are really going to help that really kind of help balance that out as well as as well as ways to efficiently get them out but all right i believe this is one of if not the most expensive resources that i have under my direct reportings clocking in at somewhere between a 900 and a thousand into i uh into a direct impact on my bottom line. And I will say this, I believe that there is only one uh, gold yielded resource in here. And two, I have no play test items in here. This is straight out the gates. And then the only other thing I would also uh, ask you, once again, as a direct supervisor, it seems like Hazazon's team that he's assembled, it's 76% competitive. You know, that could usually be a little hostile in the work environment. Uh, it could be a little combative. One would maybe say live in the red zone quite a bit. Do you feel like his team really performs that aggressive? Because I feel like you've described this team as maybe a little bit passive or slow to get going. I yes, um, I whoever whoever ran those numbers uh, clearly must need must need to go to some sort of rehab. Perhaps been drinking on the job or hitting the vape too often. Uh, I would say this I have is heard how well the kids the like the vape. I have heard the kids yes. like the vape. The children's. I would say that this is well and well, well, well far from something that I would call competitive in my uh, in my portfolio. To the extent that if this does not make it around four or five fiscal quarters without doing something on the board, he will likely die before he can even show up to the meeting. Very late indeed. 
Well, employee deaths is one thing we're looking to minimize here at CMD Tower Core. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into our QBR of Hazazon Tamar. The first section will yes. be ramp or learning and development. So Big Tuck, you know, the first L&D thing, I mean, what is Hazazon trying to learn so that way he can better sure. help his team? Well, we talk a lot about woke culture here, and we understand that it's something that we at the executive level are kind of away from, but perhaps there could be some sort of enchantment that might give us some sort of zone into this culture that we might be able to understand. And in that sense, awakening zone seems to actually have a lot of impact early in the game. So awakening zone is two colorless and one green. Uh, the resources spend, that's an enchantment. That comes in at a rare value for about $3.29. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may create a 0-1 colorless Eldrazi spawn creature token. It has sacrifice this creature and then add one diamond resource. Because again, the geniuses at the overhead company Watsi really thought through that sort of change. So I think that this card does a lot for Hazazon's portfolio. I think it gives him a pretty fair way to kind of ramp up but more importantly this is a deck or this is a portfolio that will get attacked very aggressively and very early on because people will read uh Hazazon's resume and then pretty much have a clear understanding of what you're trying to get at the other thing i will say with this recently in the in the last stream that we did this being able to hit those token doublers as i have them in here really kind of ramped very aggressively and actually led into the end game with some of the other spicier options i have in here so innocuous likely not going to get removed with any other one else's resource seems like it does a lot uh here in the learning and development section for hazazon yeah you know and i can definitely see how awakening zone really appeals to that l and d clientele with that eldrazi spawn giving that colorless mana every upkeep the biggest challenge I have with Awakening Zone is three mana, and it's fairly slow, and sure. it is colorless in a three-color deck. So I know that this is a pet resource. You usually like to introduce your first-line managers, like Hazazon and his peers, uh, to, to bring on to their teams. But, you know, I don't know. I think the only reason it fits here with Hazazon is because he has those great data processes that doubles his uh, tokens yes, produced. Yes, yes. And if you didn't have that, I would say, heck no, you got to go. But because you have it, I guess it's fair to have this on a team. Completely agreed. Well, my next card that I'm going to talk to you from a learning and development, this card learns as the game progresses. Uh, it learns itself, and it helps Faye burrow you along. Well... Three, two, uno, Faeborough Faber Elder. Elder. This is a colorless Silencia creature tree folk druid. It's a rare from the worst QBR set in existence, Throne of Eldraine. And it comes in as a zero, zero. But Big Tuck, could you give us more insight into team member Faeborough Elder? Yes, uh, Faeborough Elder has a lot going for it. Uh, number one, it has vigilance, obviously being able to retain both the offensive and defensive planning styles. It also gets plus one, plus one for each color among permanents that you control. Granted, this is only a three resource vertical, but we are very well diversified there. And then finally, when you tap him for his resources, for each color among permanents you control, add one mana of that color. So the great thing about 
this resource is that he comes into play after investing three of our fiscal year resources, and uh, he immediately delivers back two. And as the game progresses, he's going to learn and develop from our board state, because as soon as we have a red resource out there uh, with a red in its color identity pip, he will then be a three. So he's great when you initially play him, and he just gets better as the game progresses. And the icing on top, most people never think to attack with him, but you can progress the game in the red zone further because he has Vigilance, so you can still tap him second main phase for his mana. I completely agree. And Mr. Combo, this was one of your hot picks from our worst fiscal set of all time, which we do drive very often, and his card has paid dividends. I will also say that Hazason had this crazy idea of coming out and having no creatures in his uh, pool of employee resources, which uh, had some pretty devastating effects on the first few representations and meetings he went to. However, I will say this card does its weight in gold, all for just a pittance of $3. Yeah, I heard the, the first uh, iteration of his team, he tried to act like peers from Community and just try to wear a bunch of different outfits that were culturally, let's just say, not PR friendly. So we had to have a, a discussion. Um, Yes. And put him on a written warning to, to get him a little bit more back on the politically correct track. Zazon has had many written and unofficial warnings, both in office and at bars late at night. Well, Big Tuck, why don't you give us your final learning and development resource versus Zazon's deck? So this is the one of the few golden cards that we have in here that I purchased on a whim, hopefully to spec on it. Then it got repeated, and the value of it got sent straight to the bottom of the barrel. So, again, not only is this... This isn't necessarily a zone of wokeness, but perhaps is an orb of woke or wakeness. That's an enchantment as well. And we are talking... Three, three two, two, one... Marari's Wake. wake. Three colorless and uh and Silencia for this as well, for this enchantment that comes in for about five dollars. And this gets creatures you control plus one plus one, and whenever you tap a land for mana, add one mana of any type, that land produced. Acceleration, turning Hazazon's peons, or I'm, I apologize, uh we call them direct reports, into threats in and of themselves. Now, Mr. Combo, there is another card or another resource that's very similar to this. Uh, out of Zendikar, the wild set there, that one draws you cards as opposed to giving your creatures plus one, plus one. I chose this one in here because I only have about 16 creature resources. And to me, I'd rather give the direct reports to Hazazon the little bit of boost so that they can really push through on their own without their general. How do you feel about the comparison between those two resources? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, uh, Zendikar Resurgent is the uh, application that we're describing. Uh, it is SAS-based, uh, resides in uh, AWS. Um and it's it, it's a it's a, I actually usually put it index in conjunction with Morari's Wake because there's nothing oh. wrong with just having both of them in there. It does cost seven five colorless green green, but I would actually challenge uh, your team Tuck with this. Would you run a card uh, a enchantress in your deck if you only had fifteen enchantments? Probably. Yeah, I think so. I so think I, would. I, I I think with you having sixteen creatures. And the fact that your commander, uh, Hazazon, the team lead, does get removed from work frequently for being uh, a little too hostile, uh, I would say probably you're going to be casting them a few times a game. And if you have 16 creatures, true, true. you're probably 
Look at it this way. If you draw four cards off Zendikar Resurgent every time you play it, I think it pays itself for the extra two mana. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, the final learning and development resource I want to do, um, it's it's Ashdod's Altar. It's a, a must-have in any Hazazon team. Um, you know, this appliance costs three colorless. It's an artifact. So that is a piece of gear you have in your environment. Uh, uncommon from Eternal Masters, sitting at a cool 10 to $15. Oh my... Whoa, whoa. Uh, and this does require that you sacrifice oh. an employee and add Diamond Diamond to your mana pool, because you're bright like a diamond. Uh, Rihanna quoted that, the great Rihanna. And so Ashod's Altar has to be a part of every Hazazon team because of his text of, uh, hey, when I leave, I bring all of my employees that I recruited with me. Uh, he is a very spiteful person. So yes. uh, before those employees officially show up to their first day of work, they've already signed the contract. The ability is sitting there, out there on the stack, waiting for our upkeep to happen. And so before those employees show up at seven or 8 a.m. Monday morning, Central Standard Time, uh, we need Ashon's altar to uh, kind of remove Hezazon from the premises uh, before they show up. So at 7.59 during upkeep and that trigger on the stack, we could sacrifice him to the altar, be able to keep all of those resources. That's going to provide us more bodies to be able to help establish our culture. But then the other part is you're going to be making lots of tokens. And if I need to, hey, I need five mana because I need to be able to get out my Mirari's Wake, sack a couple tokens, get four mana, we're, we're helping out along the way. Uh, Tuck, how do you feel about Ashdod's Altar Appliance in his Azon team? I think it's a, I think it's a real instrumental piece, like you said. Uh, you know, this is something that I don't. I think a lot of employees may get freaked out about knowing that this is here. Um, and also, I want to say that this is not a. We obviously all know that every employee of CMD Tower Core is not expendable. So we actually have this on lease from Amazon. Uh, they really are pushing forward the idea of just very replaceable workers. Uh, and this has been a real interesting piece of tech. Um, I think there was, uh, there's been times in the past where Hazazon ended up binning half his, half his resource pool and half the employees just so that he could and sacrifice himself. He took non-paid time off just to come right back to work refreshed and excited. And, and I'm sure him doing that unpaid time off and firing all those expendable employees probably got him a great employee or tool yes. to use for the team. Absolutely. And and the return on investment on that just was through the roof. Well, hopefully that helped you, board of directors, understand how we're going to establish our board and learn and develop our team. Now we're going to segue, or PowerPoint transition, uh, nice checkered, uh, over to how we are going to interact with our opponents and our data analytics. And I'm going to start with this, with probably one of the best interaction cards you have on Hazazon's team. Uh, this gets used for ransomware when people are trying to take out Hazazon and remove his team as well. Sometimes you just need a little bit of protection. And with this, Samuel L. Jackson will give us three, two, one, Teferi's Protection. Oh, oh, two, yes, of course. Two <laughs> colorless, white, instant. Uh, get it from $32 to $35. Uh, until your next turn, your life total can't change, and your 
uh, gain protection from everything. And all permanents you control phase out. And when this uh, cybersecurity protection appliance resolves and has thwarted your cyber attack, uh, it does exile itself from your team. So you will not get that resource That's again, true. and you cannot buy it again. Um, I love this because the number one challenge I see of Zazan's team is he is such a alpha leader that if he's not yes. at work, his employees don't show up to work. So if someone removes Hazazon uh, or attempts to attempt, well, it's Teferi's protection and phase everything, save everything. Um, if people somehow are able to do a split second, remove Hazazon with his trigger on the stack. Teferi's protection, save my 15, 20 employees, however many I had off my lands, and then they will come back. And I don't have to worry about the Hazazon trigger anymore. So usually people use this as like a cyclonic rift type of protection investment. Sure. Um, and, and that's fair. But actually, I think it's better for this because you could do some creative things with Hazazon and use Teferi's protection to also protect those tokens. I, I agree 100%. And I also want to bring up the point where Hazazon himself reads, like I said, we talk about his resume, right? Banging resume. And a lot of people see that. And they get a little worried about what the rest of the team and what the executive board is looking like, right? There's been times in the past where someone decided to try to headhunt me, which I'm not going anywhere, board of directors, but they tried to get me out of the picture. They tried to they tried to remove me from this whole thing. And having this card in my back pocket and having this resource not only can protect my commander, um, but can also protect me, his direct report, his direct, what would they call that? Overhead? No. Uh his supervisor from not leaving the company. And instead of, instead of uh, some recruiter potentially coming in with a very lucrative deal, I can just put them into my spam list with the protection and then DDoS them with our own technology. There you go. Turn. Well, Tuck, uh, how are you going to leverage data analytics? Well, everyone knows here that I feel there's one mechanic in the game and in this company that drives so much interaction, that drives so much value in and of itself, that I am able to sneak at least one or two of these resources in every project that I'm involved with. And this one, which I think gets kind of flown under the radar, even plays into all of the other effects that we're working with in this vertical. And for that, I believe Court of Grace is a very interesting data and analytics card. So for two colorless and two white, Mr. Combo has heard this song many times in our private lives. And as you can see, he's sulked off to the wine bar that we have in our offices here. Uh, it's an enchantment that says when Court of Grace enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. And we all know that the top dog of our sales always gets a little bit more resources than everyone else for the next quarter. Then at the beginning of your upkeep, you get to create a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying. But if you have still retained the top seller hat, you instead create a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying instead. So as we talked about earlier, being able to defend Hazazon from early attacks, whether they be from internal or external forces, is very important. And then as he continues to grow and roll onto one of his famous non sequiturs, his pals and other resources perhaps 
in uh, the pizza party division and or in the learning development that have been rolled out, it's going to get these these new underlings more and more and bigger and bigger and continue to deal damage and deal direct threats into the market. Yeah, you know, look, um, I think the biggest challenge I have with this strategic direction with Court of Grace is uh, it really just does seem like, uh, you know, you're just hiring your uh, ex-buddy from Loyola? DePaul? DePaul. There we go. Uh, it's just like, you know, Court of Monarch is essentially your DePaul uh, <laughs> alumni. You're just you're just bringing it on the team because you guys went to the same college or maybe they were part of your rugby team. Um, I will hire the visa. I I have always said I'll hire the visas in any way, shape, or form I can in every project and vertical I'm working on. So, uh, but you know, even without uh, that uh, one piece of information, uh, it does make tokens. Sure. I guess that's fine. Well, the the next uh, data analytic uh, team member, actually, I want to talk about is a supervisor on Hazazon's team. Uh, she is legendary herself, uh, and she really is like a fantastic HR professional. She protects Tuck at the director level. She protects Hazazon at his level and his team from... Uh, Targeted attacks, just, you know, the hate that's out there on the Twitterverse and whatnot. Sure. So we're talking about Shalai, Voice of Plenty. Um, three colorless white, legendary creature angel. She's a 3-4 that goes anywhere from 450 to $12, because that makes sense. Uh, she has flying. You, planeswalkers you control, and other creatures you control have hexproof. And then at instant speed, as many times as you want, four colorless green green, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. So she does multiple things from a data analytics perspective. She comes on and she says, hey, I'm going to read what our opponents are doing. And I'm going to protect you, Tuck, as my uh, direct leader. I'm going to protect you, Hazazon, as my next direct leader. And everyone else that may report to me or other division leaders, I'm going to protect you as well. Um, planeswalkers, boards of, uh, you know, uh, board members will protect you as well. And if I ever have leftover fiscal year budget, everyone's always like, I got $18 left. How do I spend it? Well, any leftover budget, as long as you have it in six chunks, you can put plus one, plus one counters, AKA almost a small pizza party for all of your employees. Uh, Tuck, how has Shalai performed on Hazazon's team? I will tell you this. Uh, the, the first two quarters that uh, Hazazon made an appearance here at CMD Tower Core, she was a real all-star. She, she, kept the other companies at bay when they're trying to come in and snipe our stock resources, uh, when they try to undermine our, our things. And unfortunately, the, she has never gotten around to the point of needy, the point where we had those leftover resources. But she is a team player because we all know that sometimes your boss may or may not send out a PowerPoint or an email, something that has a few grammatical mistakes, right? And Shalai just jumped right on that. She just ate that thing. Uh, her her famous sword that she's talked about a lot. She had to actually turn into a plowshare to keep Hazazon on the board uh, for the more shenanigans and sort of things that he wanted to do. So Shalai has been worth her weight in gold every time we've every time Hazazon has come out. Oh, that's great. Well, why don't you give us your next data analytic resource? So data analytics is an interesting mix because not only is it something where we are looking at our own data, but we're pulling in data from our competitors. And a lot of people and a lot of other companies, they don't want to leave leftover 
numbers and data. They want to make sure that's all tightly packaged. And there's certain cards that we here at the CMD Tower Core love to have because it prevents these sort of DDoS attacks that we've talked about, right? It's, it, we've, 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 it prevents people from shortcutting us and maybe puts our competitors into some sort of a prison. So Ghostly Prison is a card that again and again and again continues to prove its worth under the Hazazon Tamar portfolio and every other portfolio that I run it in. Two colors and a white is all it takes for this enchantment. That's an uncommon for around $2. And this thing lets us prevent our competitors, low-level employees coming in and posting bad comments on us. Creatures can't attack us unless their controller pays two for each creature that they control that's attacking us. Mr. Combo, we have talked about this at length. I feel like you and I are two of the biggest stalwarts of this sort of effect. And I asked, on Monday, this is one of the few things that kept me, that kept Hazazon even progressing towards the final, the, the final uh, presentation and trades that he made that ended up being huge for the industry. So let me ask you this, Mr. Combo. How much do you like these sort of effects in a deck like this? Uh, I mean, I love them in any and all decks, to be frank. Um, I completely agree. You know, the the fact that Ghostly Prison has been printed, um, it has been copyright infringed, and it has been put out into the marketplace numerous times over its conceptual uh, years, over the decades, and it's still almost a $2 card. Um, that just shows yeah. how good it is, how well-respected it is. Um, so now, is it a auto-include on every team? I don't know. Uh, I guess it really depends on the... Uh, uh, competitive landscape that you're in you know are your competitors really attacking you a lot or are they more kind of hey we're just going to focus on ourselves and own the marketplace that way that's really where ghostly prison and its partner propaganda really kind of either make it or break it absolutely well my final data analytics card i mean guys our board of directors we just we could not be here without them and this gal, she's one of the only uh, Planeswalkers you have in the deck. She is a board of director I know you bring into a lot of discussions uh, with your other teams that you oversee. Uh, some 40-some-odd teams. I mean, you have a very big division. And uh, she is a champion of the people. And Elspeth, son's champion, just really brings a lot to this Hazazon team. Um, she definitely doesn't report to Hazazon. But she supports them. So four colorless, yes. white, white. She enters the boardroom with four loyalty towards Hazazon. Uh, and every time her loyalty gets bigger by one, she gives Hazazon three team members uh, that are white soldier creature tokens. But she loses three loyalty every time to Hazazon. But she does destroy all competitors with power four or greater um, on the business landscape. And then for losing seven loyalty to Hazazon, which usually means she has exited the boardroom. She came in, she did her job. Uh, she, she gets Hazazon and his team a emblem, uh, which is really just a fancy plaque that they keep on like the break room roll. Uh, but that plaque does state creatures you control or employees you manage get plus two, plus two and have flying. So literally, from a data analytics perspective, she does everything she can for Hazazon. She is giving him future investment into resources. 
Um, whenever she, you know, does lose a little bit of loyalty to Zazon, she's eliminating a lot of his intimidating competition without impacting himself. And then, you know, when she decides to exit the boardroom, uh, she does leave him with a very fancy plaque that does make his team pretty much unbeatable. I feel that this is this is probably my number one lieutenant, and I am very happy that you brought her to light here because usually you in the past have said that she is maybe not fit for purpose, if you will, for what we're trying to accomplish on the various verticals that I'm working she in. She is not purpose-built ever. Usually she is a <laughs> off-the-rack three-piece suit that you got at Walmart, and you just put her on every supervisor that you have on your team. We have to, we have dress codes here, and and you know we need to keep these standards high. I I completely agree with everything that you said. She is one of my favorite lieutenants. Um, she has been on so many different projects, on so many different levels, and she has saved me from uh, my own personal failure many times more than I can than I can remember or comment on. Well, Big Tuck, why don't you give us the final team member or resource that you think is critical to Hazazon's data analytics strategy? So this uh, this little guy and also his little army of minions really proved their worth on Monday as well when no matter what other uh, threats and or resources and or potential marketing schemes were on the board, our opponents and our other uh, competitors in the market decided that this was the one who had to go. And Scoot Swarm is going to be something that's going to give us a lot of benefit over time and time again. So for two colorless and, two, and one green resource, this lowly 1-1 one, one creature insect who starts, he started as a male boy, right? We're just only paying him $5, right? Just $5 to get him on the battle. Just to get him a foot long. Just get, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're paying him for Subway. Definitely not coming to any sort of pizza parties. But what was wild was when we entered, when we entered more resources into the pool, that Hazazon wants to see these land resources that we've called them, these these paper boys and these mailroom guys just kept popping up to the point that whenever one of these entered the battlefield, he created another 1-1 one, one green insect creature token, which is just like himself. But then what got crazy was when we got six or more of these resources or lands as they're referred to as, I could have sworn that I saw this guy in four urinals that looked like just like him, right? Same haircut, same glasses and everything like that. So in a lot of in a lot of presentations, this is a this would actually be a uh, a pizza party card, right? This is something that grows and grows and grows and gets very big. See your Lord Wooden Grace portfolio, if you will. But in here, he definitely falls into the data analytics because he just gums up all the numbers for our opponents and our our rival firms to review at, and eventually they can't come at they can't come at me about where my numbers are. They can't come at Kazazon because they just keep growing and growing and growing. And eventually, you have this this quote unquote army of mailroom guys, all of which talk a lot about Tyler Durden, which I thought was very strange. Well, really. Uh, excuse me, board members. Uh, Tuck, sounds like what you actually described, and I'm just going to have to use the reference again. Uh, you're like uh, Chang from Community. That whole arc where he became the security guy, that all of a sudden he started having a bunch of like tweens and like elementary school kids be his like police force, <laughs> and they just kept growing and growing, and these kids kept coming out of the woodwork. And then they started getting more dangerous, and then they brought on more friends, and then they eventually took over a community college. Uh, it sounds like a little bit of what Scoot Swarm is. Yes. Uh, he is your uh, preteen uh, leg breakers, uh, as we, we like mm. to call them in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
If you there's they, someone tried to fire him very quickly off the gates, and that person ended up, you know, still having to close his business. So it was well worth it any way you cut it. Well, hopefully you guys understood how we're going to approach our competition with data analytics. Now it's time to see what happens when Hazazon does have a successful project um, with a pizza party. Big Tuck, how does Hazazon get to pizza time, considering it sounds like he's a little slow, he's a little lazy out of the project game? Slow. So this is a uh, this was a resource, um, one of those in very similar scope to the Ashalt's altar that we got from Amazon, right? We will have ways and employees that we may only need for a season, and if we just sacrifice one of them during our fiscal quarter initials, everyone else gets stronger. And there has been one in particular that we built a monument to. A single person that we built an Eldrazi monument to. And this is actually one that has half of his Azon and also half of someone else's face on it. So for five colorless mana, this artifact resource will give all creatures you control plus one plus one and flying and indestructible. At the beginning of your upkeep, you sacrifice a creature. If you can't, you sacrifice this monument to greatness. So this plays into a lot of different ways. If we're playing the if we're playing the early game of this portfolio correctly, we'll have plenty of things to potentially fire seasonal workers, as you call them. You know, maybe an Eldrazi spawn here or there. But more importantly, when Hazazon does show up, we can just send him on a little vacation, right? Hey, you did your work. Why don't you take a little time off, right? We'll see you soon. But now let's just let your little underlings go out there into the world and really make some disruptions in our verticals. Well, um, you know, I, th I think it's great that you reward Hazazon for uh, onboarding 14 new recruits to, before they even show up the day one, send them on a paid vacation uh, to just, you know, eventually call him to come back probably the same day uh, and bring 14 more recruits or maybe even 15. Um, but, you know, this is a great tool that's really going to enable your uh, entry-level workforce to really get out there and get the job done. You know, do do some door flyers, some mail merges, uh, <laughs> maybe some print-on-demand to really target our audience. So Eldrazi Monument's going to really help us scale east, west, north, and south. Well, my first pizza party card is a card that uh, I remember the first time I saw this on a team. It was on a team with Reese the Redeemed, which is a little weird because it's not an elf. But it really does well when you go wide because it's really a champion of Lambolt. So, colorless, green, green, creature, human, warrior, 1-1, one, one, still under a dollar. Uh, investors, I would highly encourage you to buy lots of copies of this because even if you're not in a go mm -hmm. wide deck, this card would do great for you. Creatures with power less than Champion of Lambholt's power can't block creatures you control. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on Champion of Lambholt. Well, um, even if it is very glass cannony and Hazazon goes on vacation and uh, just unfortunately takes his 14 recruits with him, well, those 14 when they came in did buff Champion of Lambholt by 14. So literally, the bottom that this card can perform with the way your deck functions is you're smacking people with a 10-10 plus that's unblockable every turn. Yes. Uh, and that is literally the worst it could be. The best is your whole board's unblockable. Um, because of the way Hazazon works, where all the tokens come in 
in bulk is why this card is so insanely strong uh, with your pizza party strategy. Absolutely. And a pizza party it is. Uh, you know, there's been times where uh, a bunch of people, these uh, direct reports to his Azon, rush into the pizza party, right? And then they get called out on an assignment. So they don't even get a slice. But then our pal champion of Lambhold comes in and gets to eat like four or five pizzas herself, right? And that's taken away from other people's year-end reviews. It's taken away from all of our competitors' stuff. A very, very good card on her own. A very valuable resource in this in this. Uh, yeah, you know, this is really a... Uh frontline worker big tuck i would really love to yes. see get a promotion to a supervisor role to see her get that legendary title mm. i think an effect yes. like that in our corner office aka the command zone i think that would be very cool and if you needed to make it more expensive that's fine five mana for that same effect sure. i could i could be down for that yeah very very strong in those corner offices which are very you think that we'd run out of them eventually, but nope. They just keep, corporate just keeps making more of a war of them. Well, Tuck, why don't you give us your next pizza party type of interaction? So Hazazon has a has a habit of going out for lunch, going out for a movie, right? Just at the right time. But every time that he goes out for one of these things, or perhaps dissipates, he always rebounds with even more people underneath him, and because of that thing. And that him taking that Don Draper-esque moment to get out of the office and kind of recharge his brain juices, it allows his underlings, or I'm sorry, again, corporate, uh, his direct reports to become less important when they're around. So when Hazazon ephemerates, it does a lot for the whole portfolio. One white for an instant. Exile target creature control, which is might as well just say exile target Hazazon we control because he's the lead performer here. Then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. And then it also has rebound. So a lot of ways this works is that we have Hazazon coming out, right? He's leading a discussion and he's starting to get white. He's starting to get scared. He's looking around the room. He can see a recruiter from the command zone over there. He can see a recruiter from the commander cookout over there, right? And he, needs to, he realizes that his hiring projections are way lower than they need to be. So what he does is, as opposed to just killing himself, which would be insane, he just takes a break, right? Goes and reforces, posts a few jobs to LinkedIn, and then when he comes back to the presentation after approximately three turns of a die, then he's coming back with an even bigger army. And sometimes he might have to leave again. Sometimes he doesn't. Just kind of depends on the situation and how he's feeling. So the biggest reason why I think Ephemerate's a great object-based solution is because you can do it when Hazazon's trigger goes on the first time around. Get rid of him. He leaves. That trigger happens. He comes back. That trigger has already resolved. Um, now you get all your tokens. Now you got your tokens back. Now, the only challenge to this is that the next upkeep, when it rebounds again, yes. uh, if you choose Hazazon again, well, you're going to lose all your Sand Warrior creature tokens that you had. Yes, you will be getting a new batch, but you'll be losing the ones that you had. So that's the that's Indeed. the only negative about it. You know, I wish there was a software suite that maybe you had discovered that could do this um, maybe more efficiently. With the commander, and I don't know what that would look like for Zazon and his aggressive strategy and the way he recruits, but um, I like it, but I don't know if it's a yeast, because on the rebound, you're going to have to get rid of all your tokens. Uh, I'm sorry, you mean you mean a pizza Oh, party, sorry, correct? sorry. Like, this is not a celebration, oh, yes. yes. 
Yes, about your pizza party. I'm not sure if it's a pizza party just because of, uh, well, you're just going to have to, it, it almost just delays it for a turn. And I actually think, Tuck, there's some cards sure. we might get to later in our 306090 that you might like better. Ooh, okay. Well, my next card, it's one that I had not seen before. It's definitely something I'm going to have to consult uh, with one of my uh, frontline managers uh, Zerus about because uh, when stuff comes in, it gets a little gets a little hasty. I think is what the kids call it these days when they get all hopped up on the vape, and it seems like they do uh, chess workouts before they show up to the office. So three, two, one, in, in the, the web, web of, of war. war. Yes, three colors, three colors red, 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 red for Ah, damn it. Okay, so I uh, apologize for swearing, uh, board directors. So. Um, this resource comes in, and like we said, we are. Listen, we've all done it. Looking at you, Jeremy. Sometimes we need a little illicit suspense to get some creativity going. He's talking and about blow, Jeremy. Come, He's talking about yeah, blow, Jeremy. <laughs> this one says that whenever a res whenever a direct hire comes into play under your control, it gets plus two, plus zero, and gains haste until end of turn. We did have someone named uh, Ogre Battle Driver that does a similar effect, but. A little too risky for him. He's got better options that he can come out and do a lot of work on. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I just really like this card because the the biggest negative about his, how Hazazon builds out his team is that when his team shows up to work, they actually don't do any work for a day. Uh, yes, they literally right. have to wait till the, your next business day to actually contribute taking down the competition. So with cards like uh, in the Web of War or... Hammer of Perforos, stuff like that, that's really going to enable your team to be productive from day one. It's almost like these cards, I show up as the new employee. Oh, Zazon, thanks for hiring me. I show up to my desk, and oh, you already have my laptop. You already have mm. my desk chair, my printer, my business cards. I am ready to do work versus normally when the employee shows up day one, nothing's done. I, I mean, you got you got 79 emails that you literally can't access because you don't have a computer that has your Outlook. Um, you don't have a login because IT hasn't given you a temporary password yet. So it's like, well, I guess I'll just sit around until the next day when actually stuff gets moving. So love these effects. You need them far and wide on Hazazon teams. Completely agree. Well, the final card I want to talk about that really gives us a pizza party with Hazazon, um, it introduces a beautiful mechanic called Myriad. Blade um, oh. of Selves. We're just gonna, we're gonna put it out there. Two colorless artifact equipment. It's uh, equipped for four. It's $21. <laughs> <laughs> uh, equipped creature has Myriad. Um, and board, uh, if you're not familiar with what Myriad is, Whenever Hazazon attacks uh, each opponent other than defending player, you may create a token that's a copy of that creature that's tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker they control. Exile the tokens at end of combat. So what this does is you're going to get uh, three or two Hazazons coming into play, which will give you two net new Hazazon triggers. They will exile, so if you do have any Sand Warrior tokens out, they will all go bye-bye, um, even though you still have your original. But then, the beautiful, beautiful thing is your next upkeep. Two Hazazon triggers will resolve, and now you just got 20-plus Sand Warrior tokens. Um, and ETB effects, your things like the in the Web of War, and you just own Absolutely. your opponents. 
it's bonkers. Uh, we all know one of our internal um, power users, uh, single Aaron. He's always looking through our portfolios, right? And there was a time where he really, really wanted to pull this out of my investments, and I held, and I held, and I held. And then eventually, when I hired on Hazazon, I was very happy I held on to it for as long as I did because this investment has skyrocketed. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad for you to holding on to that. You know, people are always hitting me up trying to take my office chair. You know, hey, you're not using that display. Can I have that? And it's like, no, one day I might. And just look at that, Tuck. You saved yourself 21 fiscal year dollars by holding on. And, it, and you cannot put a price on that. Well, hopefully that gave you guys perspective on how Zazon likes to win, own the competition, and get to a pizza party. Now we are going to head over to how we get our year-end bonus with, you know, stuff that may not quite fit. And I'll start, because this card is only in here for the one-time use. It's the cutest thing on your team. Uh, it is an artifact. It is red. It is three two, one, cursed, cursed mirror. mirror. Two colorless red artifact rare. It taps to add a red to its mana pool for $3. But Big Tuck, could you inform our board why you need this for your year-end bonus? Absolutely. As as this uh, delicious piece of technology developed uh, by our C21 uh, research team came out, as it enters the battlefield, I, you may have it become a copy of any creature on the battlefield until end of turn, except it also has haste. Wow. Yeah. Very strong. So this pretty much just reads it. Uh, you deploy it into your virtual environment, and you say, hey, I want you to mimic uh, Hazazon and his leadership style. Uh, so it does. And then it immediately goes away, but then you get a free Hazazon trigger for three mana. Absolutely. And you can always still tap it for one resource. There is The reason why I put this into the spice is because it is centric on uh, having our leader Hazazon out on the battlefield. But there are those edge cases when the peoples of the world, um, the marketing Ross Coalition and such forth, may play something like the Blightsteel Colossus Eye of the world. So this is kind of a quick way to get uh, some huge value off of someone else. But for the most part, you're just copying the man, the myth, the legend himself, Hazazon Tamar. Mr. Tamar, if you And will. to clarify for the collective, um, who are board of directors, you know, that's a, a shadowy cabal that will just uh, leave it there. Uh, you will have to sacrifice the Cursed Mirror when it oh. comes in copying Hazazon because it is legendary. It does just become a copy of it. It doesn't just gain its effects. Great so uh, one, of the, one of the cool things that you could do with that is a little bit of tech with some of the artifact rigmaroles from the graveyard, you could actually figure out some cool ways. Curse Mirror comes in, copies Hazazon, you get the trigger, it immediately dies to the legend rule. Find something else to bring Curse Mirror back out, whether it's a copy of Hazazon or something else, do it again. You could potentially tuck, if you have the right pieces, stack three or four Hazazon triggers on for that next upkeep through Cursed Mirror uh, loops. Sure. Uh, it's, it's a fun card. I've been a big fan of a fun resource, but I'm, I think this is the one place that it might actually work very well. Well, board, 
Thank you so much for listening to how we want to get our year-end bonuses. Uh, we're now going to get to the final piece of our presentation with our 30, 60, 90-day action plan, which a reminder, this is going to consist of Big Tech and I kind of really analyzing the team and deciding three team members or tools, resources that we need to eliminate, and then three team members or resources we need to add for optimal efficiency. We just can't spend more than five fiscal dollars on one resource. 50 on another, but the great thing is the last one has no budget. So Big Tuck, what is the first resource you're going to cut from Hazazon's team? And what is the first resource or maybe employee you're going to add that would be under five of your fiscal year dollars? So Mr. Combo, you do not like instant burst resource to your hand immediately. Uh, it's not, it's not, it's not, uh, not if it costs me more than one to one and a half mana per resource. I get. And you hate this one specifically, but I feel like the resource of harmonize is maybe just not fun in, in Zazon's portfolio. And for those who don't know, it's two colorless and two green resources to draw three cards, pretty vanilla, pretty boilerplate. But what I realized is that in Zazon's portfolio and the way that he likes to structure his finances we are going to be getting attacked quite often. Um, he is a little bit of a, a scary presence, and he's also going to be creating those tokens. So for me, a better fill for this uh, slot would be search the premises. So for three colorless and a white, you get an enchantment, which plays into some of the other things that we have going on, that whenever a creature attacks uh, me or a planeswalker I control, I get to investigate, which is creating a colorless clue artifact token with two colorless sacrifices artifact draw a card. So I like this because we already know with the ghostly prison effects of the world that this portfolio is very volatile and people get jealous of it and want to try to take it out early. So I would rather have uh, with the token doublers and the other resources pools more ways to be able to draw cards over a period of time that also plays into the uh, enchantment sub theme of this portfolio we're working on. So I think the biggest challenge that Tuck, you, and Hazazon are going to have with uh, Search the Premises. Now, you know, I will say Harmonize is a fine uh, SaaS-based application to get rid of. Um, but Search the Premises, I don't know if this is necessarily a uh, workload you want to introduce mm. to the environment. Because at least in the limited experience I've seen Hazazon and you uh, operate the team, you are right. Uh, you have a ghostly prison effects. People aren't really, your, your competition is not really coming at you with full force with a lot of resources. They're usually coming at you with one or hmm. two. So I guess if you're fine with having a resource in your deck that literally might get you one or two clues a rotation or business day, then I guess that's fine. But you, your, your team is already very mana and resource hungry. I don't know how often you're just going to have two mana, like, willy-nilly delay around to be able to sacrifice these clues to draw further knowledge or resource. So I think it's interesting in concept, but you might just be having too much of the perception of, uh, because you lose a lot with this deck, you're always getting mm. hit. When in the reality, you might just be getting hit by very, very few things. They're just big. very, very big. Fair point. Fair point. I will, I'll put it in the uh, portfolio review section. Well, the, the team member that I'm looking to get rid of, he's very, very top end. I think mm. if you cut him from your team and Hazazon's team, uh, you're going to save a lot of your uh, budget uh, from a resource perspective. So we're actually going to cut 
Crater Hoof Behemoth. So, Crater Hoof, five colorless, green, green, green. It's a 5-5 five, five creature beast. It has haste, uh, so he's ready to work the day he shows up. And when Crater Hoof Behemoth enters the boardroom, employees you control gain trample and get plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the numbers of employees you control. The reason I think we have to get rid of this card from the deck is because your deck literally... As soon as Hazazon's trigger resolves, people could just murder him, and you've lost all your tokens. I think it's going to be too much of a magical mm. Christmas land to be like, okay, I have all the tokens, I have a haste enabler, and now I have Crater sure. Hoof Behemoth. I just think that's going to be trying to add up to too much. Do you think... I, I have really struggled with this resource, right? This was someone that many years ago just did a lot in the it did a lot for the company in the core and it's just getting more and more difficult for me to figure out what deck this actually works great in well i mean i found team members that he works uh collaboratively fantastic with like xerus and uh all of his mm -hmm. snakes uh that he does with his ecological division um, he, he actually likes Crater Hoof on his team fantastic, but that's usually because when Xerus uh, takes a lunch break, all of his employees mm. don't leave with him. That's Great the point. issue with Crater Hoof, is e even if Hazazon has left the workplace, all of his employees are also sure. leaving the workplace. So, the card we're going to replace it with, you could pick up for a cool $1.50 of your fiscal year budget, and it's instant speed, and it'll allow us to leverage those sand warrior tokens when people are trying to get rid of Hazazon and poach your entire team march of the multitudes Ooh. x green white white instant it has convoke so creatures uh you control can help cast a spell by tapping them and they could pay for a colorless or one mana of their color identity create x one one white soldier creature tokens with lifelink i get it they're just one ones but lifelink isn't nothing. Uh, you were at a pretty low life total Monday. And it's like, well, if I'm going to lose my entire board anyways, even if it's not a board wipe, board wipe, I get it. This is a moot point. But most people are just going to target remove Hazazon. Right. So March of the Multitudes is able to come in. Hey, uh, you have been cyber attacked. I get it. We're going to have to air gap this team uh, into quarantine. Uh, well, all of them can at least do some work. And you'll essentially get as many tokens in Hazazon minus three. That's how sure. many you're going to end up getting. So I think this is almost a great data analytics card. But also at the same time, it could be a learning and development yeah. card as well. I don't think it's going to be so much pizza party, but I think it could fit the I agree. Team. I agree 100% um, with all that you said. I think this is a card that I've always really liked, but but it was cost prohibitive to bring into the resources that I had. But since it rotated out of um, the quarterly mainland, it is now very reasonable at $1.53. I think this is a slam dunk addition to here. Personally, I feel like it fits all three of our original categories besides the end of the year bonus. Perfect. Well, uh, Tuck, why don't you give us your under $50 cut and add to the team? This is this is tough. You know, sometimes you have to sit down. You have to have those tough talks with some employees that you very much value. But sometimes you realize that maybe you run these employees a little too thin. And I feel like this is not necessarily okay. a project that Chandra Fire Artisan is really doing a lot of lifting in. 
So for two colorless and two red, she is a planeswalker for four loyalty to the company. Whenever one or more loyalties are removed from her, it deals that much damage to target opponent or planeswalker. Plus one exit all the top card of your library. You may play that card for the end. You may play it this turn, which is why you would uh, have her on this team. And then her ultimate, if you will, minus seven, exit all the top seven cards of your library. You may play the cards this turn. I like this card a lot. Chandra has helped me out of many a bind, but unfortunately I feel like she is wasted in this specific portfolio. So instead, yeah. I agree. I, I was actually going to eliminate her from the team. Oh, as well, you are. Okay. Um, for literally all the same reasons. Excellent. So I'm, I'm good to see that uh, management's finally aligned. Uh, I believe once. this was a card that I may have had left over from some previous um, trades I had made or some capital spent. Mm. So, but I, I've noticed that when I played this, a lot of times it's really just, I only need one card. I only need two cards left to really push this over the line and, and get that synergy going. So for me, I feel that Rite of Harmony, a newer card, is really strong in here. So for such a penance of a color, or sorry, a green and a white for an instant, whenever a creature or enchantment enters the battlefield under your control this turn, you get to draw a card. And then additionally, it does have flashback for two colorless and a green and a white. So in my opinion, a lot of times, I just need to draw into some of my pizza party cards, right? The the people are hungry. I have mm -hmm. them here. I just don't have the means to push them through and really get what we want out of them. And this card is going to let you be able to draw maybe those cards that you want and those resources that you need at a very, very low price. Uh, yeah, this card's great. Um, I actually do remember when this got printed, uh, old team member Squee McGee was oh, very excited yes. about this with Reese, uh, because this would just draw you a ton of cards. And so, yeah, I think this card's great. I think this is a slam dunk in any deck that's Silencia and you make lots of tokens at once. Um, just, just a yep. great, great card. All right. Well, obviously I'm eliminating, uh, Chandra from the team as well. And, the uh, tool that I want to bring in, it's a, it's a great, fantastic AI tool that's really going to take these 1-1 one, one Sand Warrior tokens and make them into a better Ooh. resource. Oh. So we're going to be adding in Divine Visitation. So good. <laughs> Three colorless white-white enchantment. It's a mythic for uh, 1069. If one or more creature tokens oh. would be created under your control... That many 4-4 white angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance are created instead. This is a pizza party card and a uh, data analytics card all over its face. Because the greatest thing about this card, and Tuck, I'm shocked you don't have it in here, is this negates Hazazon's negative completely. Uh, the only reason I did not bring it into this portfolio is that it's already spoken for in my um, Siona uh, project. But... Uh, I do think that mm. our – it's an immediate slam dunk, great pick. Uh, I do think that our associates over at Abyss Proxy Shop probably have this, and if not, maybe they could whip something up because it does need to go in this deck. It does need to go in this portfolio, and it's going to do completely bonkers every time you get it cast. Absolutely. Well, uh, Tuck, if your team had no budget, what would you and Hazazon eliminate from the team? And what would you add? So I, there are a few cards that were left over from Hazazon's foolish attempt to run an apartment completely by himself with no underlings or direct reports. And in that regard, uh, Squee McGee favorite Fog is going to get cut right out of this deck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, board members. That was very is unprofessional. This, is this also one of yours, Mr. Coppola? 
Okay. No, it is so not. So Fog is pretty straightforward. It's a card that's all older than this uh, older than this corporation itself, that for one green resource uh, at instant speed, it will prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. This is a carryover of a deck that I do not want to play, nor is successful. So pretty easy to get this one out of here. But after reviewing uh, this time with Mr. Tamar, I real Mr. Combo. And the only other thing I would add to that is you have constant miss in the deck yes. already, which is fog, but uh, with a way to replay it. So I think fog is one of those things that if you want to have one in your mm -hmm. deck, that's fine. But I know squeeze turbo fog, run as many as turbo you can. Fog. Like so from a gameplay terrible. perspective, your employees really don't want to engage with that type of work yep. environment. So I think by cutting fog, but leaving constant miss in, you still can protect yourself, make it repeatable, but open up slots for the other 98 cards to actually do what your yes, team wants. I, I, Not just an insurance I completely policy. agree with that. So one thing when we were looking through this portfolio and how diversified it was, I did realize that a lot of the ways that, that Hazazon is going to enable himself to be successful are the enchantment varietals. Uh, and even on uh, our Monday stream, when you were getting ready to blow up Ghostly Prison, I would have about lost the game immediately, right? And lost all my money and everything I had in it. So now that this card has been reprinted, sure. I feel that Sterling Grove has a lot of utility in this deck. Ah. So one uh, for Slesnia again, all <laughs> everything we talked about has been Slesnia. Uh, my least favorite color pairing. Red sucks. Yeah, it does suck. Thank you. And apologize for uh, our non-PC terms here, board members. For uh, a green and a white, you get an enchantment. That other enchantments you control have Shroud, which means they can't be the target of spells or ability. Effectively nullifying the Aura Shards and the uh, Crush Contrabands of the world. More importantly, it has one and sacrifice it. And you can search the library for an enchantment card, reveal it, and then shuffle it and put that card on top. As I made mention, there is the Divine Visitation. All these different enchantments are so strong. And I think that having the ability to protect them and also tutor up something that can that can get our workers ready to go, turn one with laptops, with, um, with Outlook calendars updated, is going to be very, very strong in, in this portfolio and in this play style. I have okay. nothing to add to that. Sterling Grove is great. Um, if you do have a lot of enchantments, it makes sense to, to run that card. Um, it, it's just always the thing that you, you will hear us talk about at CMD Tower Core is, you know, how many is the minimum to run this very specific anthem sure. protection, you know, benefit? Um, and I usually think that 10 to 15 is a very, as long as you got that, yep. I think it's worth running a card in there that there's nothing wrong with that. And I think you have made some good points to where the, being able to return it back from the graveyard, um, you, a lot of yours are game yep. winners or the enchantments. So, uh, I could see if you're going that long drawn out game, uh, how Hazazon not having all those resources, he's just like, well, I'll throw my hands up in the air and never come back yep. to work again. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I want to close out this presentation with, um, you know, my my humble recommendation to cut gratuitous violence. Uh, two colorless, red, 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 enchantment. If a creature you control would deal damage to a permanent or player, it deals double that damage to the permanent or player instead. You've just described this deck as being way too slow, too often. So uh, if this was my uh, Xerus team... It works great in there because Xerus pops off insanely sure. quick. He really shows up to work, and, I mean, he's done 39 espressos. He's ready to go. Uh, Hazazon's a little bit more of a wake-and-bake <laughs> type of guy. So uh, by eliminating gratuitous violence, 
we're going to add something in here that really appeals to Hazazon's uh, laziness. Oh. Uh, it really it really appeals to Hazazon's poaching potential. We are going to include a great back-end tool called Sundial of the Infinite. Oh. Two colorless artifact from Magic, the year 12. Um, and for one colorless, tap, you get to end the turn, and you can only do this on your turn. Uh, you can get this for about $5 with the Mystery Booster Foil. So this is a resource or tool that Hazazon's only going to be able to leverage with his team uh, on their business days where they're all in the office. But when Hazazon decides, oh, I'm just going to pack it up because my opponent, uh, my competition got a little hostile and, and tried to assassinate me at Taco Bell. Uh, and I don't want to be here anymore. It's like, well, hey, but b- b- before you leave, let's just let's just pump the brakes. You're, you're staying. Or say you can't stop it. Well, let's just pump the brakes. I'll keep all of the people that you're trying to poach away from me. It's just going to give you a lot of flexibility to stop Hazazon from taking his employees with him. Um, and kind of giving you a pseudo Grand Abolisher effect on right. your turns, where your opponents will have to act before you actually have an opportunity. I like it. Uh, this this uh, you know this uh, this resource that R and D built has so much utility, and I think if it cost maybe three or four, it would you know you know bother and shake a few heads up at the corporate level. But the fact that it's just a two drop, um, very low resources. This is a card that every uh, portfolio owner, such as ourselves, should own. I haven't, and I do think this is going to do a lot more for this deck than that gratuitous violence ever will great well uh we are at the end of the presentation but unfortunately our ceo's nephew really felt like he needed to add to the presentation so um i guess take it away chad Hey guys, it's Chad. What's up, man? Uh, I just, you know, I love Hazazon. He's so much fun to hang out with. And I don't know. I just, you know, my uncle lets me talk at these things. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get my business degree. But, you know, God gets in the way. You know what I'm saying? So, Hazazon, I think a couple things you got to bring to your team, bro. Or like Chance for Glory. Colorless Boros instant. <laughs> Creatures you gain uh, indestructible. Take an extra turn after this. At the beginning of that turn's end step, you lose the game. Uh, and then you got to bring a glorious end. Two colorless red instant in the turn. The beginning of your next end step, you lose the game. Like, bro, like, this is going to, like, save you. It's going to save your stuff. Gives you extra combats or extra turns. And with the sundial thingamabob that Stiff in a Suit was talking about, you don't lose. He's in the turn, man. Uh, listen, Chad, I don't, I don't appreciate your cavalier attitude, but damn it, you may be going some places. Uh, and we all know that, evidently you read my LinkedIn bio, because we all know that I'm a very large fan of the Final Fortune style effects, which could just be the ticket that this deck needs. Now go back to your job at Panera. And I will, I'll see you in three years when you're finally legal to drink. I can smell the vodka on your breath. <laughs> Those are, but damn it, I can't sit here and say these aren't great ideas. Well, uh, th- thanks, Chad. And uh, no, you, you can't sm- smoke that in here. Ch- Chad, uh, okay. Um, 
Well, th thanks for making it until the end of our presentation, Board of Directors. Uh, before we get to our recap and next steps, uh, we need to make sure we cover our contact information so you know how to get a hold of us. Um, my uh, information is at Mr. Comma number five, uh, all spelled out, except for that numerical five at the end. Um, that would be on Twitter. Um, Tuck, uh, where could our Board of Directors uh, meet yourself? Yeah, absolutely. You can, you can also find me on uh the tweets at big tuck tweeting uh it was someone's birthday today but i didn't have the time to shoot it out oh tom hiddleston's birthday was yesterday so here you go and uh obviously if you guys are looking for the latest uh with the company uh you could go to our company twitter as well at cmd tower uh we will have this presentation posted with the accompanying team member list at cmdtower.com slash b and b e one two nine now, uh, we did talk about how you could invest uh, from an angel level uh, into our uh, community. So, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have a uh, tier that just for a dollar monthly contribution uh, helps pay the taxes. Uh, and that everything else can help keep the lights on. But you can engage with the rest of the teams in our amazing Discord. Uh, be able to get sneak peeks into uh, interviews that we're doing. Like when we got to let everyone know that the Josh Lee Kwai interview was coming. Um, and just, you know, be able to support the CMD Tower core team. Now, if you are already a member of that coveted community... Uh, be sure, if you reference anyone, uh, be sure that you send over the referral. We do offer referral bonuses for any new hires brought on to the collective via our Patreon. Now, we do have a store, so if any of our investors are looking to get our gear, uh, our logos, our brand, our cups, our mugs, just kidding, we don't have those. We have playmats, coins, and sleeves. Uh, you should to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. We are running a promo on there. If you buy our non-denominational holiday jun sweater, uh, you do get a free pack of protectors for your cardboard rectangles. Now, we do have an exciting new sponsor, uh, abyssproxyshop.com, code cmdtower. Get you 10% off any of your playtest cards you may need to build out your successful organizations and sales teams. Also, this is uh, combinable with any other promos. I think uh, at the time of this recording, he had one where if you spent, I think, over $100, you got a free set of uh, dual lands proxies, uh, which is a $29 value. With our 10%, that's $39 in free cards that you got for uh, spending 90 Pretty decent And deal. I can confirm they do have a Divine Visitation option on there that looks very sweet. And remember, everyone, you can message them on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Uh, if you have your own art you'd like to put on there, or some art you maybe found that you're allowed to use. So, uh, Board of Directors, Collective, Big Tuck, Hazazon's Quarterly Business Review. Um, are we going to earn your business moving forward, or uh, are you going to be passing on this partnership? Uh, I think that... Uh if Hazazon had not performed earlier this very week, he might be something that I may bump down to some sort of budget level. But I do think that he does have potential. I think that the options that we talked about this very day is going to help a lot with the long game for him um, as opposed to the short and hopefully make him a little bit more resilient, just as you had mentioned at the top of this presentation. 
Yeah, you know, the big thing I really wanted to do with Hazazon's team today to really be able to move forward with uh, this continued partnership is I wanted to get his average team member resource investment. I wanted to lower his budget, mm -hmm. um, not necessarily from the dollars and cents, but just, you know, the the IOPS and the throughput that it takes to power his environment. I really wanted to reduce that. And, you know, and I was able to reduce it a little bit, you know, uh, going from like an eight mana down to technically a three mana with March of the Multitudes, uh, you know, going from a... Oh, gosh, what was that? Five yes. mana to one mana with Sundial. So I was trying to do it a little bit, but I think if we can get this guy as close to three CMC as possible, it's not going to make it a competitive sales team or operations team. It's really just going to make it function, uh, a more well-oiled machine, or what some would call synergy. Thank you for your time today, board of directors. Um, and Shelly will be, coming out, will be coming back around with the cocaine just shortly. Goodbye.